I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 29, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. There are a lot of pissed people out there. These are the folks that were holding puts. These are the folks that were short the market that were issued a pie in the face today. We'll get to those red lines on the chart up above current price in a moment. First, let's just pick apart the daily chart. Let's discuss what's the first thing that jumps off at me. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Fed. We're going to talk a little bit about the market in general, what it's doing, the psychology behind this stuff. We'll look at some intraday charts. We'll look at some charts around the horn. We'll look at inside the numbers. We'll look at some stocks. We'll learn some stuff. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll do it all over again. We show up in uniform every day. What's the first thing that jumps off the page at me? Well, it's what we've been discussing. We had this move higher. We had this flaggish, consolidation-ish pattern. We're having the continuation move that we discussed. We're eyeballing the two red lines that I said we would talk about later. We have a convergence of moving averages right smack in the middle of those two red lines. It's the 200 and the 100-day moving averages. There's a convergence. They will act as a magnet The closer price gets to those moving averages, the more the moving averages will draw price into them. Traders who have taken the course will notice that price closed right on top of, meaning above, a very important retracement level on this chart. A, it's no accident or coincidence that by just a few pennies they closed above. And B, we'll have to note that price came up not necessarily into that level, but short of it and pulled back, now we've come up to that price on a recocking of the gun, if you will. Where was that gun recocked? It was recocked right down here. Recocked the gun, sold off, made everybody believe they were collapsing down to double bottom again. And then here we go, taking off to the upside, don't fight the Fed. I didn't make up that phrase. It's just a phrase that you have to heed. When the Fed says, we're going to do whatever it takes, we're going to pump as much liquidity slash money into the system as need be to save the world, don't fight that. They're going to actually do it. Case in point, around mid-March, as the market was falling through the trap door, March 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, in that neighborhood. The market bottomed down here on the 23rd. I kept saying day after day, the Fed will say and will do, put in as much money and liquidity as they can. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll keep saying it until the market turns around. You can go back to the videotape. We discussed it. Here it is again. Don't fight the Fed. With that being said, Are we looking for another top? You bet your ass we are. Now, here's the deal. Obviously, it's inside or in the range of where these two horizontal trend lines are. 302.5 down to 297.5. The exact numbers that I have are on the board, but those are just numbers that I came up with. Doesn't mean that's where the market's going to stop short. Doesn't mean it will or it won't. 
somewhere in the vicinity of this zone is where my expectation is that the market will find some significant overhead resistance and have a more meaningful pullback than just a couple three SPY points. But he just said, don't fight the Fed. That means the market's going to go up forever. No, it doesn't. It can mean a lot of different things. What it means is that the market's going to go up in the face of all the bad news. It's going to go up when everybody believes it can't go up. It's going to go up on a short squeeze, MOMO, FOMO, the whole nine yards. And then it's going to go up into the point, just like before, just like way up here, when nobody believes that the market will ever go down again, they believe in the V bottom, they believe in the cure of the coronavirus, they believe in the reopening of everything across the entire economy. Just when the belief system is in Camp Nirvana, should take place somewhere up there, just when Camp Nirvana shows up, that's when they pull the rug out and then everybody has the what just happened moment. They do it to the Johnny-come-latelys all the time. Who are the Johnny-come-latelys? The ones that began buying the market today will buy the market tomorrow and Friday. And at some point shortly thereafter, they'll find out they were the last ones in. Now let's talk reality for a moment. That was a hypothetical. That was a hypothesis. That was one of those, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Let's talk reality. Couple of scenarios. The market continues to spike up right into this spot. The likelihood of a pullback, the quicker we get there, the higher the likelihood of a pullback is from around that zone. Where are they going to pull back to? We'll talk about it after a top is made. I'm guaranteed to get that question a handful of times. Therefore, I'm answering it here. Don't ask where the pullback is going to until we know where it's coming from. But there's other scenarios. What happens if we start pulling back tomorrow and we never get into this zone right now? What happens if all of a sudden we start to do the chop shop thing on the daily chart in the middle of this range here? We go back and forth for a while. What's that telling us? Well, that's telling us that it's building energy for another move higher. So this area doesn't necessarily have the same or would have the same impact if we did something like that as opposed to running right up there, let's just say Thursday, Friday type stuff. Remember, time is more important than price. It matters how and when we get there, not only that we get there. Let's give some of you something to complain about. Let's go over inside the numbers. I'm only going to point out a couple of things. It's real simple today. I'll run through the notes. You can read them at your leisure. But here's what we're going to point out. Something really simple. The market was gapping up again. And it was basically the same schematic that was on the board yesterday. Yesterday, we had the rug pulled out. They had a failure. Today, they did the thing that they were supposed to do yesterday. So let's scroll up a little bit and get into the early thoughts. We have an awareness. We know that Trick and Company is going to come out. They're goosing the market, yet they're going to jerk it around and try and shake out the Johnny-come-latelys. What do we call that? A shakeout operation. Let's keep moving along for a second. Now, before the market opens, you'll note 924. Remember ES 290725 from yesterday. Doesn't say from yesterday, but remember from yesterday. Now take note of what we're talking about. If they gap over it, it's way more bullish than if they don't. 
under normal garden variety conditions using the 80-20 rule. They're up a lot and it's bullish either way. It's an awareness. Remember yesterday, our favorite market leading indicators, IWM and the transports, just saying leading indicators, leading the market in the upward direction. You get it. Same deal as yesterday. Above 2,900 and she's good. Above 2,907 and a quarter and she's really good and should get at least back to the pre-market high, 29.26 and 75 cents. One of the possible schematics is to open above 2,907 and a quarter, run a test, meaning come back down, go back up north, another awareness. So what we're saying is they're going up north unless they get below 2,900. More confidence that's what they're doing if they open above 2,907 and a quarter. You know the routine. Here it is. They open slightly above the number. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. Opening print, 2,913 and a quarter. What do they do? They run down to run a test of 2,907 or lower. And here's the lower, right? The low was 29.02 and a quarter, never hit the big fat round number. They took off to the upside, came back to do a secondary test, a higher low, and the rest is history. There's your overnight or pre-market highs is really what it was. Ran into a little bit of overhead resistance and then they just kept going. Came back for a retest. You think that's an important number? Yep, they told us that by doing the retest, bouncing off of it and going back up. And then there was a little profit taking at the end of the day. 931, ZM did the deal. We didn't go over stocks on the move. We'll get back to that. Let's continue moving along. Since you already know the deal, you already know what happened with the SPY, ES, S&P 500 or whatever. Each trader chose to trade if taking that long trade as prescribed early on. So what we'll do is we'll just scroll up. You can read the notes at your leisure, but that was basically the deal of the day. That, coupled with the stocks on the move list, created the type of environment where as long as you're treating this as a business and you have a pretty successful morning on your hands, and we're going to look at some of the trades from stocks on the move in a moment, you have basically a pickoff of the low within ticks or a couple of points of the low of day in the S&P, and then you have some stocks in your pocket, you know when to fold them. Take your chips off the table, moving right along. And again, you can read the stuff and then go see what was going on with the market, but basically what was going on with the market, as you already know, was a grind higher. It was basically a gap and go. That's it. When you have a gap and go, there's not much opportunity on the board unless you can pick off an early low or a retest of some sort. But the index, if it's just going to go without you, it goes without you. So be it. If you can hop on board early on, you get on board. Either way, it was a gap and go. How about stocks on the move? Basically, here's what we had. We're going to take a look at the charts. We had Zoom, we had Akamai, we had iRobot, and we had OKE, which was quite the rocket ride. Here's Zoom. We're taking a look at a three-minute chart just so we can magnify things a little bit. You'll understand why in a moment. Basically, the number on the board, the first number was 146.70. You can see what happened. The stock got a quick bounce once it came into that price. It got a quick bounce right back up to about 150 came back down, and then you can see what happened. It ended up going higher, up to 150.86. This happened 
by 10.57 a.m., but you can see what happened. It was comfortably above the number for quite a while, and you can see also the importance of the number. Not a rocket ride, but a trade, positive trade nonetheless. We'll take base hits all day long. All of a sudden, we're going to get an extra base hit, and then next scene shows, you never know which one, you're going to crack one out of the park. We're going to take a look at one of those in a moment. About Akamai, haircut at the open, two numbers. There was actually three numbers on the board. The two numbers, if you split the difference and you purchase a half a position at the first, a half a position at the second, and if there's three numbers, you can do third, third, and a third. You see what happens. It traded in between the two numbers, and you can see the importance of both of them. The numbers work. I know my numbers. Once the stock found stability, you can see what happened. It took off to the upside. Here's a high, just for argument's sake, 98.48. Another positive trade, someplace in between a base hit and a double. How about iRobot? How you doing? Haircut at the open, two numbers, split the difference, buy the lower run, do whatever you want. You see the result. It's redonkulous. We do this day in and day out. Some days are better than others. We go by, and it works, the 80-20 rule. We win about 80% of the time. Here's another one, and you have to see this one. Look closely. So here's the close yesterday. Yesterday's closing price, $30.43. The stock opens today at $31.44. Now get this. The number on the board, long before the opening bell, is $29.10. Where is that? Right here. Where's the low of day? Low of day is $29.06. Look what happened after that. By 10.50 in the morning, the stock is at a high of 32.64. Are you kidding me? You never know which ones this is going to happen to. I get this question all the time. How do you find an exit? How do you know where the exit is? On something like this, you don't. So what I recommend is this. You take an exit up a modest amount. Let's just say, for argument's sake, 1% on the trade. Portion of the position. You leave, let's say, half of the position or some portion on for the rocket ride. You're not going to get the rocket ride all the time. Sometimes you're going to be stopped out on that second or additional portion. However, sometimes the iRobot happens. Sometimes the One Oak happens. OKE. Unbelievable rocket rides. You've seen enough of these videos. You've seen this happen before. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Little bit of a short hop getting back in our lane. Tremendous day, up over 5%, almost $7 on the IWM. Shorts running for cover the whole nine yards. What's going on here? How about a little game of ketchup? What do I mean by that? Not Heinz ketchup, but ketchup to the other indices. So for example, the S&P 500 is at a different place in terms of a retracement. And this is out of the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. It's at a different place than the IWM is... So the IWM is essentially playing catch-up. It's all the same market. A rising tide lifts all boats. We know all that. So all the indices are essentially going up together, just not to the same magnitude at the same time. In a way, they're all beating to their own drum, but they're all in the same band. By the way, I want to point something out. Back to the SPY for a moment. A, the volume. So it wasn't tremendous volume, but it was a pickup in volume from recent. So on this spike higher, we saw an increase in volume. We have to take heed in that. 
It wasn't on decreasing volume, which we know a lot of people like to say means the market's going to go down, and it doesn't. The market went up for 11 years on decreasing volume, 11 years from 2009 all the way to this year. But a pickup in volume is a sign or an indication of institutional participation. Again, wasn't a tremendous pickup. It's a little puzzle piece. It's on the table, thought it was worth bringing to the forefront. The other thing I wanted to bring out was something that we discussed last night, which was where we finished the day yesterday. Remember, I said we finished the day basically where we were the day before, and it's also right around the vicinity of the former highs. This is the high from the 17th. And I didn't make a big deal of it, but for me, that was telling me that the market really wasn't rejected from this general zone. It just tried to break out wasn't ready or it failed, however you want to look at it, hanging around those former highs, I think was more important than maybe it looked at the time or certainly I realized at the time. This is Monday morning quarterback. This is hindsight is 2020 stuff. I'm just saying for future reference, we can always have a takeaway, learn something. I thought that was important last night. I didn't stress it a lot. I just talked about it. But the more I think about it, the more I thought about it after the fact. And then certainly when I saw the markets goose this morning, yesterday was nothing more than trick trap fool and frustrate crew making everybody believe that they just weren't going to do it. Why do they do that? It's the market's job to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's the way the market works. The transportation department, same routine. We had this up move. We had this bull flaggish wedgish pattern we have the continuation move and the question is where's the continuation move going to go right now the next stop of major resistance or overhead resistance would be right about 8800 what happens if they get and by the way they shouldn't just waltz right through that area but what happens if they get above through some way, shape, or form, 8,800, where's the next major area of overhead resistance? How about 9,200? 5% up for the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Qs. How about Google up $116 after earnings last night? Pretty fancy stuff. Where's the next major area of overhead resistance for the Qs? How about 221.5 to 223? Call it 224. How about the VIX? Weren't we talking about this 100 period moving average recently? Pretty epic collapse or contraction in volatility going on. How about the financials? Getting over the 50 period moving average. Put in somewhat of a pseudo doji candle, if you will. I don't know that we're going to make a whole federal case out of that right now. They were up 3.5%. What do we always say? Without the financials, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far in either direction. This chart looked very similar to the same as the others. We had this bull flaggish wedgish thing going on, and here's your continuation move. Does it have to be done right now? No, it doesn't have to be done. It can be done for a while. We can go sideways, we can pull back, or we can continue higher. Inside the numbers, members will have that information readily available. When? First thing in the morning, when we show up in uniform. How about Smash Mouth? Good old proxy for the tech sector is the semiconductor space. Over 5% today, up over 7 bucks. Don't fight the Fed. What's acting like a magnet? Where does it want to get to? About 140, 141. Should you find overhead resistance around there? Yeah. Will it feel like it at the time? 
No. When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally not. Case in point, we talked about this one probably three or four times. Back to the spider. Remember this day here, a lot of traders were getting short the market. They thought we were going to come down at least to here, if not more, double test of the lows. In fact, it actually went on here long before that. And at the time, to the traders buying the short positions, the puts or whatever it was, it felt right. It felt like the market, it felt like the market was pointed down, poised to go lower. If the market gets up here this week, for example, how many traders do you think are going to want to short up there into those moving averages at 302, 301, the big fat round number 300, ES3000, all that stuff. Who's going to want to play the other side other than me? Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And without you, these videos are not possible. That's true and accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So I will pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.